The Song Confessional Podcast is a co-production of KUTE-KUTX Studios and Good Taste Society. Hey, this is Walker Lukens, and you are listening to... song confessional so we collect anonymous stories we call these confessions right and we give these confessions to songwriters and bands who write a song inspired by them that's right so you get a songwriter and they write a song inspired by your story and they have no idea who you are and they write a badass new song all the songs are good we're batting a thousand so on this podcast you're going to hear the confession you're going to hear the song and inspired and then you're going to hear an interview with the songwriters. Today we are doing something very special that we have always dreamed of doing, which is getting two artists to collaborate on a song just for the podcast. Uh, I'm sitting here with my favorite collaborator, my favorite and only boat I've built inside my kitchen. What's your name, Schooner? What's up, guys? I'm Zach. Zach, uh... I always try to tease the confession. A little tease. That one makes no sense. <laughs> but it will make sense maybe if you maybe. pay a lot of attention. It's definitely um, one of one of the more unique little story highlights of just something you've never heard of ever. Yes. I had never heard of or had this image in my head until I heard this confession. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, this is an exciting uh, exciting episode for us because it, it is our first collaboration one-off collaboration on the podcast and not only that it came in a came together in a very interesting way at this event we were at out in san francisco where where basically these two musicians had one day to write and record a song while it was being videoed and live streamed and people at the event that we were taking confessions at could watch yeah so the pressure was really on really on and literally one day not 24 hours about not even 12 hours. Yeah. They probably had 10 hours in the studio to produce this song. A lot of, I would say the vast majority of the song, confessional songs, are written and recorded in some kind of time constraint. Mm-hmm. But this one in particular, I mean, as you will find out, David Ramirez, Artist One, showed up late <laughs> to meet artist to Kalu James at the studio. So they did this in even less time, which just makes this amazing song even more impressive. Yeah, well, thankfully, uh, this pairing, both guys are unbelievable songwriters, unbelievable unbelievable musicians. 
you got Kalu James from Kalu and the Electric Joint, hometown hero, had a pretty big splash with the album Time Undone a few years ago uh, on tour now, is always releasing signal, singles, always playing big shows. You, you can't not hear about how, him if you're in Austin. How would you describe uh, Kalu's music? I'd say it's like psych blues. It's definitely, you know, it's got that kind of root of blues, but it's it's way trippier and way more exciting and evokes all kinds of emotion. It's definitely an experience show. Yeah, it's one of those that the album's cool, the live show's killer. Yeah. Yeah, and it, Kalu and uh, one of his bandmates, JT, they're kind of a, a duo. Mm-hmm. Um, man, they have really something really special together because it's Kalu's voice JT's slide guitar and their stage energy is yeah. just fun. The way they feed off each other, it's it's definitely one of the live acts to see, um, as well as David. Yeah, David. Uh, if you aren't familiar with David Ramirez's music, there's a ton to check out. He's got six full length records. Yeah, two EPs. Um, he is currently on tour as well. Mm-hmm. He took our our man James Wesley Esri out S- with him. Stole our guitar player, right? Stole from our us. guitar player. Uh, although we're both sitting here in Birkenstocks, so I don't know that we really deserve Wes anymore. That is very fair point. <laughs> D- David, David's uh, early records kind of fall more into the acoustic-driven Americana genre. He's gotten increasingly experimental, really pushing his sound into a more rock and roll direction and a more experimental. His last record, My Love is a Hurricane, experiments with just straight pop so yeah a little more rock a little yeah it's 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 definitely a departure from his roots but my opinion one of his best i totally agree it's really cool uh watching him continually innovate and grow Mm -hmm. uh in the last year he put out an ep of hymns he is about to release another ep that was recorded all live to tape i uh want to brag on this song that Kalu and David made together a little bit. It it, it doesn't sound like either of their uh, their music they make without each other. No, no. And it's one of the really special things about the song. Which is why we love this idea of collaboration, because it gets to take both musicians out of their comfort zones and create something that they may have not created otherwise. Mm-hmm. What can we say about this confession? Have you ever had a moment where you feel like you're living in a horror film? Maybe you felt like someone was following you, but every time you look over your shoulder, there's nothing. Or that time you were hiking in the woods and stumbled upon an old cabin that the town hermit lived in collecting doll heads. What's the most scared you've ever been? I want to tell you the story of the most scared I've ever been as an adult. Love it. Um, and this this isn't like going to be meaningful existential dread like the time I had a child. That's scary. This is a different kind of scary. I'm talking about like horror movie scared. I love it. Um, so I thought I grew up in a small town. It's like slightly under 5,000 people and, and at that is the largest town in its tri-county area and I I thought that was small. Um, But then I went to go spend Thanksgiving in the town where my brother-in-law grew up. You know, he graduated in a class of 19 people. Um, That's a truly small town. It's like space. No one can hear you scream. There's there's no cell phone service. Uh, As as we were driving into the town, uh, we saw a a deer by the side of the road. and, And I said, somebody in the car said, you know, we ought to, we ought to pick that up. That's good eating. 
And I said, well, you know, fun fact, that's actually illegal in Virginia. You have to have a hunter's license to pick up the body of a dead deer, even if it's struck by a car. And the person I was in the car with said, that's why people move to Monterey, so they don't have to follow stupid laws. And this was, this was borne out over and over again uh, throughout the course of the trip. Um, so on the night of Thanksgiving, after the meal, um, all, all us kids, the kids' table crowd, uh, decide to go on a drive. Um, and we pile into my brother-in-law's buddy's truck. Um, and I said, hey, uh, my, my seatbelt doesn't work. And he goes, yeah, I know. Um, but, you know, stupid laws, don't want to follow them. Uh, so we take off in these winding mountain roads and, uh, you know, we're past the point where there's any streetlights or any electricity period to, to speak of. And he shuts his headlights off uh, because, you know, you can see the stars better that way. Um, driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, having headlights on when there's no other cars in the road, stupid law, we don't need to follow that. And so I, I said, buddy, where are we going? And he goes, well, we're going to go to, we're going to go to Skip's place. Um, Skip's place is, I don't know, for back, lack of any better description, it's like a hermit's cabin in the middle of the woods. The guy built it with his own two hands. Uh, and I said, well, won't, won't Skip mind? And he goes, oh, no, don't worry about it. Skip's dead. The cops shot him. Um, so, you know, no problem. So we go to Skip's place, um, and, you know, no light but the, but the stars and the full moon. Um, and we get out of the car and silhouetted against that full moon is what I described in the moment as a goddamn shit-ass hanging tree. Um, you know, just this dead lightning-struck tree with one long spindly limb reaching out towards you like the hand of the Grim Reaper. And I said, you know what, I think I'm okay. I'm going to stay in the car. And they said, that's fine. We're going to go in the cab, in the uh, cabin and we're bringing the flashlights. And I said, okay, I'll come with you. Um, and so then we, we go into this cabin that's been abandoned for years. Um, and in the kitchen, there was a boat, like a sailboat, uh, beautiful, handmade, um, polished, glowing wood, uh, and far too big to have come into the kitchen by any means, did not uh, fit through any doorway or window, like, had clearly just been teleported. And so it, it is revealed to us that Skip, who was, you know, shot by the cops and clearly crazy, this is what he did with his time in his cabin in the middle of the woods that he built himself, is he built boats. Um, he built them inside the house, and then he would remove one wall of the house, take them out, and uh, put the wall back on and start again. Um, and so I was like, okay, yeah, that was a cool thing to see. Can we go now? And I, they said, no, we're going to go upstairs. And I said, that's a bad idea. I'm going to stay down here. And they said, that's fine, but we're taking the flashlights. And I said, I'll come with you. And upstairs is where things really started to look unmistakably like something from a horror movie. So when you go upstairs to the left immediately, there was this room that had a mattress on the floor and then a large variety of unlabeled containers of liquid 
ranging from like mason jars to gallon jugs to milk bottles, just a, a, a real hodgepodge of, I do not need to investigate what. Uh, variety of colors, a variety of consistencies, a variety of smells. Didn't need to get that close to it, but these. This is this is a distressing thing to see. And then there is a long, narrow, dark hallway with a hole above and below it. We stepped over the hole, and there was this thing. In there, there was just a dark, empty room within the center of it. This thing that was like built out of old bicycle parts and cement and uh, like broken down tools that it was told to me was a, a handmade lathe, you know, for building the boat, um, but that looked exactly like something from a Saw movie. Um, and so that that was pretty distressing and everybody agreed that it was distressing and that we should leave and we went downstairs and they said okay well we're going to go in the basement now and I said that sounds like a bad idea I'm just going to stay there and this time I convinced somebody to so I didn't have to go down to the basement Um, so all of this was basically you know very alarming uh, very sort of existentially ominous uh, you know atmospheric if you will and so finally we were like okay we're done with this this is okay let's get back into the truck with no seatbelts and no headlights and let's go home and so we got back into the truck and drove us back into the mountains with no seatbelts and no headlights and he was like oh let's make one more stop and he stops and pulls over and uh, we all get out of the car and we say, what's this? And he goes, well, this is a this is a Confederate graveyard. It's haunted. And then he jumped back into the car and drove off and the ground started sinking beneath my feet. And that's the most scared I've ever been as an adult. Now here's Dark Star by David Ramirez and Kalu James. Let's build a boat. the kitchen when we're finished we'll haul it out to the bay and don't believe your imagination it's all fiction everywhere they say he left me to Don't drink the water Don't bother with the 
extraordinaire Jim Eno who produced the song you just heard Jim what do you remember about working on this track with David and Kalu to me this confession and this song it the confession I think is okay you know I listen to the confession and I'm like well that you know it's fine just sounds like a bunch of drunk people driving around visiting sort of weird places you know that's what I got out of that but the song, I feel like when you hear the song, it could be a movie could be made out of this whole concept. I, yeah, I think it's fair to say that the song is is objectively better than the story itself. Yes. The story is honestly like a bad script. It is, yeah. Because you're going down this one road with it. Right. And then something totally unnecessary happens. Yep. And then it just ends very unsatisfactorily. Right, exactly. But it, but it, but but it is a very vivid description. It is, which yes. is why I think what inspired the song. That's true. Yeah. But what they did uh, lyrically is pick out like really awesome moments and awesome phrases and made them the hooks, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I don't know. So I felt like the darkness of the track needed like the half speed drums. I feel like it needed to sound swampy and needed to sound like, you know, really drawn out and slow, that kind of thing. And I feel like production-wise, that was one of the things that we were trying to do, was make it eerie and dark and creepy, just like going into that room with the bottles. You know, you get a weird sense of that place, you know. Um, Also, the guy building boats inside of a cabin that are too big for yeah. the cabin to get out. Yeah. And he's not even near water. I mean, that just the whole concept of that is really creepy. It's very creepy. Yeah. The thing that has always struck me about this song is, um, so it, the way it came together was David was late. Yeah. So you created this drum track. Right. Kalu was here. Yep. Kalu thought that, you know, you guys were basically waiting yeah. to kind of get down to yep. it. He and, was scratching down lyrics. We were listening to confession and stuff. He was playing around with some things. Yeah. And I'm in San Francisco with Zach. Yep. 
kind of just hearing about this. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh God, this sounds like a disaster. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then you guys get to work. We're doing, our, you know, we're doing our thing. Then I just get a text. that was like, sounds pretty good now. <laughs> From me? From you. <laughs> and I text David and Kalu and I'm like, how's it going? At the end of the night, they're like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and then y'all, and then the next day I get this track in my email. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. D- and because really, I mean, really it came together in half a day. Yeah. It was half a day. Yeah. Half, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Y- you know, I don't usually play drums on the stuff I record, right? I know. So it's sort of a treat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I did the half time drums, which is just a loop and just me playing fast to slow down. But David or Kalu had the idea that I would do those drum solo things at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not really into that. Yeah, so that's yet. not your vibe. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I did it. I think it sounds cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to understand how they got convinced you to play drums. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Venmo? They Ven- just Venmoed me? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, like, I Venmo them. I'm sorry. So much editing. A couple other really cool things on this track. Uh, David, I think, is an amazing singer, and he sings that super low vocal at the very, very end. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever recorded a vocalist that sings lower than that. So, well, <laughs> but it was just again. He's like, it was like. W- there's two things that were at the very end with that one because David's like, I got an idea for a vocal at the end, and he just goes out there and he sings so low, but it was like a yeah. octave or a harmony or something at the end. And I'm like, wow, that is amazing. And then the other last thing that we were trying to make work is the intro. So the intro was always just drums right into that first vocal, and we were all like, ah, this isn't really working. And so I'm like, okay, I have an idea. And so I like just, I'm like, let me cut the drums here, but there's this plug-in on Pro Tools that sounds like a tape machine is breaking and stopping, mm-hmm. and it slows the audio down. And I, I did that on the whole track and then muted the drums, mm-hmm. and then the vocal kicks in alone. And we were all like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is like great. <laughs> so that was like the very last thing we did before we walked out. So, Well, you'll hear about the creation of this song and more about the lyrics in Zach's interview with David and Kalu. Interview. 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 We should probably say who I'm talking with right now. Do you guys yeah. just mind introducing yourselves? I'm Kalu James. I'm David Ramirez. Couple of stone cold motherfuckers. <laughs> I'll How, take that. How'd you guys meet originally? You were friends before you did this session together. That's that's a fair assumption, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, thought so. We met in two thousand nine at uh, which I don't know if it is still a thing, but it was a pretty big open mic uh, at House Wine off Barton Springs. Wow, I forgot about House Wine. I think it's still there. I don't I think know if it is. It's like behind the Terry's, right? Right behind mm-hmm. the yeah. Terry's. I think it's still there. And I had just recently moved to town. Kalu had been here, I think, for a couple, three years before mm-hmm. that. And uh, I went just on a random Monday, signed up, and he and a bunch of his homies were there, and we all kind of hit it off pretty quickly. Like, really quickly. Yeah. Well, I think it was after one of those open mics. Josh Halverson had invited us over to his house, and we got stoned and played music to all hours in the morning, and then he woke me up, and it was like Father's Day or something. <laughs> I remember that. And he's like... My dad and a bunch of people were here playing music in the backyard, and I didn't really know what I was doing in Austin, and it was just a really uh, 
encouraging, refreshing day to be like, oh, I knew there were musicians here, but yeah. this is my kind of musician. Yeah, totally. Where we just sit in the backyard and swap, swap tunes. Classic, classic Austin music scene story yeah. in a lot of ways. Well, and I had just come from Nashville where that was not a thing. Yeah. A little more bucking up, kind of. Yeah, thing. a little more bucking up. Yeah. This is what we do for a living. We yeah. don't hang out in backyards. We're pros. Yeah, gay. we're pros. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was it was really nice to be back in Texas for sure. Very nice. Where where are you guys from originally? I'm from Nigeria. I'm born, born and raised. Born and raised in Nigeria. Um, I moved to the U.S. Uh, when I was 18, age 18, um, and lived in New York, and then moved to Austin in 2007. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Houston. That's where I was born. Yeah, I thought so. Because I, I, you'd known Walker for a long time, too. Not right? down in Houston. Though. No, not in Houston. Okay, no, so you didn't Houston. have that connection. No, we, we, later, we later learned that. I think the first time we played a show together, however, was in Houston. It was Houston Free Press. Mm, oh, yeah. I mean, I was played at, a show yeah. together. There was a festival and there was a ton of bands. Oh, I was at that but, show, uh, too. But yeah, yeah, I do remember running into each other backstage and, you know, he would make you introduce themselves and like, we're in Austin and... I don't know. Started playing shows together yeah. since then, but yeah. What um what what kind of relationship do you guys have with your hometown? It's like the song that you wrote, the story. It's a very hometown story, you know. Mm. It's that all, all of us have left the hometown. Kalu, you've really left the hometown. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that is that is multiple continents. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the next level. What do you what do you what is your relationship like with that that place that you came from? I mean, like. Home, leaving home at eighteen is just uh, you know, and, and it's very different. I'm very, I'm a, I'm part American as I am, yeah. Nigerian, and uh, going home, I appreciate a lot more. Of, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. This is who I am, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of things that I don't associate with. There's You've a lot of things, already. yeah, they're yeah. just like ingrained with dogma and. And, and this is the way it's always been and there's no reason to change anything traditions and all mm-hmm. that and while I'm deeply rooted in tradition I'm very very much more open than you know where I come from which sometimes it pushes you away from those places but I always the way I always look at those things is well if there aren't those examples then people don't really get a chance to be questioned or mm-hmm. you know challenged one way or the other so I, I love, you know, that I am Nigerian. I love that I'm eat from the Igbo tribe. Mm-hmm. I, I love that I'm from the village of Abriba. Um, but I just don't go home that often. Yeah. And I go home during Christmas once every three years or so. Uh, I'm just a very, such a different motherfucker. Than, a different person you know? at this point, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And what I love growing up is, you know, they always tell you, you know, if in Africa, you're 50% Muslim, 50% Christian, but 100% traditional is when shit goes wrong. Mm. Everybody just goes back to the try, tested, and true. You know, <laughs> this is what happened before everybody else showed up here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So you could have the pastor who behind the scenes might just be, you know, going and talking to some other power, you know? You it's, go back to what you know. Yeah, you go yeah. back to what you know. Yeah. Were you really raised with any religion, David? Yeah, Southern yeah. Baptist. Southern yeah. Baptist, yeah. yeah down also down. a very uh, intense. <clears throat> it can be for sure. Can I be, mean, yeah. I think I just decided to drink the Kool Aid because I wanted a group of, of peers in which I could fit in. Yeah. Because I, I didn't fit in in high school. I was just the kind of kid that was off wallflower kid, and uh, 
desperately wanted to be accepted. And then at the church, in the youth group, I was. Yeah. And just to have that kind of, I don't know, community and camaraderie with somebody, I definitely drank the Kool-Aid. However, my parents were never beating it into me. It was, you know, they took us to church because they wanted to go. And yeah. Had like a safe place to raise the kids. But, you know, being at home, it wasn't... This is how you do things, you know. My my family it wasn't an all day every day. Yeah, my family yeah. was pretty chill. I just chose to be there every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night mm-hmm. because I wanted to hang out with with mm-hmm. people, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, yeah. But to answer the question about Houston, my relationship with home is, I think it's pretty traditional as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to get away because it's your home, mm-hmm. and you don't realize how cool it is until you grow up. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the thing about Houston is, you know the more you travel the more you realize how special and diverse that city is I, it's the London of true. America it's true I've never heard heard it put that way before but uh, yeah it's it's amazing and living in Nashville and living in Austin and living in Dallas diversity is kind of hard to come by mm-hmm. and uh, being down there it's it's all walks of life all kind of smashed in together yeah. it's pretty cool but yeah I like it now a whole bunch yeah that's great I think I'm outgrowing Austin in some strange ways yeah interesting do you see ever uh, heading back to Houston, you think? Or? I mean, I have not made plans, yeah, nor yeah. am I making No plans. plans. But when you say outgrowing Austin... But when you say you hypothetical, grow... where could I see yeah. myself die? Yes, I, 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 I see Houston. Yeah, cool. for sure. Yeah, getting back there. And I like that question. Where could you see yourself die? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm passing that to you, Kalu. Man, I, <laughs> you know, if you asked me 10 years ago, I would I would never say what I'm saying right now, but Nigeria. It yeah. sounds good. Man, Dying at it, home? It really, there's just, you know, there's... Like the Ouroboros. You complete the circle. You yeah. complete the circle. There's you something know? special about You have that. to yeah. leave to understand, you know, what you had this whole time. It's that yeah. whole, like, a prophet has never appreciated or respected his own home type thing. You got to go get all these experiences and and then you realize that, you know, within your makeup, like, your, that soil, that place, no one can ever kick you out of that. That's yeah. home. Yeah. You know? It's right. part of you no matter what. It's part what. of you no matter Nobody what. Nobody can take it. Yeah. And, I, you know, just the idea of, you know, enlightening, the whole idea of, you know, creating a music school where there are these Nigerian kids that get to learn about punk right. and, like... Mm-hmm rock and roll and psych rock and cool. anything that is so different from because yeah. they I am one of those kids yeah. I'm one of those kids that was you know I love Afrobeat and then this Afrobeat and, and that for my in my brain and being open to American and Western music being piped through the airwaves as a kid it's just like there was so much more that I wanted to know mm-hmm. and I know that those kids do exist so mm-hmm. to be able to go back and set shop and do something like that man I that's it I love that dream that's yeah, fun that's it alright let's shift a little to the actual song you guys wrote let's together mm-hmm. in your own words uh, I'm probably gonna put this on Ukulele because of what you said right before we started hitting record is uh, what do you remember about the confession well I mean the confession was very much Someone was just scared shitless. It wasn't really a confession. It was yeah. someone telling a story. It was an experience. An experience, it was an experience of a yeah, of a very, very scary situation they went through. Um, you know, this girl goes back home, and this guy that looks like hippie Jesus mm-hmm. takes her, you know, to this barn where this man, I remember this so vividly. This man used to, I guess, back in the day, um, uh, ship moonshine back and forth across state lines and got shot by the cops or something like that. Um, and I just remember jars of some weird 
things that she doesn't know in the basement and like some tree that looks like the Grim Ripper or something in the front mm-hmm. and then this this shallow grave or something. Well, there was a boat in the house. There was a boat in the house yeah. and now he used to build boats in the house and then knock off the kitchen wall and take it out to the bay. Right, right. Um, so like I'm, I get this message from David, you know, he's, you know, he's like, hey, I got this session. I want you to, we always love we actually that's probably the first time we had written together written yeah. together mm-hmm. I, um yes it was yeah. but we you know like just synergy we, we always throw things back and forth and i was like of course i'm gonna jump on this and then that day itself i get a message hey i'm running a little late you know uh, i'm like sure i'll be there and i show up at Janino's studio and i'm looking at all the gear he has such a little candy store yeah and he's like everything's on like you yeah. just pick whatever you get. I'm like, wait, yeah, what? Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's on. So I, you know, there's no, setup. It's there's just, no, on. It's it's just, just on. on. And everything you see works, <laughs> yeah. which is a fun thing in a studio because yeah. sometimes you're like, oh, yeah. I want to touch yeah. that. And you're like, yeah. ooh, that one's yeah. like, actually, yeah. don't touch it. Don't, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> don't touch that. That's exactly. just a visual, little visual statue. But so yeah, like, yeah. David and I started going back and forth with lyrics. As he's driving from Houston down here, I love and that. I'm, Dallas. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Dallas. And I'm, you know, and and in my mind, I'm writing this song for David to sing. Okay, that's really the melody yeah. lines. Everything is for David to sing, and that's why, like, even when I listen to the song right now, it sounds like a David Ramirez song. <laughs> oh, at least the cadence of the vocals. Yeah, and then David oh. shows up, and David is like. You know you're singing this, right? I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm like, what do you <laughs> mean? Singing. He's like, you're yeah. singing this. Um, uh, yeah. Well, it, I, I come down and I had heard of what y'all did, what y'all had already accomplished, and uh, fell in love with it. I'm not gonna get in there and do my own spin when it's working. When it's already great. It's working. Yeah. It's great. So I just kind of stepped aside and kind of took the producer role, and you know, Jim and I worked on you know more. Like construct and vibe yeah. and shit like that, but Kalu had the song and the voice was amazing. There was a movement. There were you know key movements on 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 lyrics that was just like that was clutch. You know, I mean, it's, at, before you got there, there were these fragments. You know, A B C, possibly D or whatever. And I think that's one of the beauties of what I love the working with David is is able to like see what the true line is through the whole thing. You mm-hmm. know, and. Uh, the name of it becoming a dark star was one of those parts where we just kept looking and like, what this gotta be? And of course, automatically my brain, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to Google and try to find, like, this has to be something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, for some reason, dark star came up and I was like, what the fuck is dark star? Yeah, yeah. And it happens to be, I think, if I'm, no, I mean, I was gonna say, don't quote me wrong, but it's gonna be on. This. <laughs> well, I, look it up. Yeah, look it up. I think it's like the, the brightest star. Okay. Um, that you don't get stars, to but... see or something like that. Yeah, it's um, something about that. Um, David is looking up and a dark star is a type of star that may have existed early in the universe before conventional stars were able to form and thrive. Yep, that's a cryptic ass definition. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, so this dark star. He's like, check it out. Check it <laughs> out. <laughs> so that's why they begin like, oh, in search of the dark star. Yeah. Have you ever felt as terrified as this confessor going into this new endeavor, maybe following somebody's lead that after the fact you felt like, oh, I probably shouldn't have followed that person's lead? So every time I follow someone else's lead, I am 
I might seem cool as a cucumber, like yeah. in the front, but I am. There's some things going on behind the scenes. There's some things going on behind the scenes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Terrified, yeah. Um, I mean, in regards to stories similar to this, yeah, there's this, you know, this house growing up, it's neighboring, you know, hood mm-hmm. near my place where I grew up in a. You know, there's like a lot of deaths in the family, and they can't seem to sell this house at all. So it's kind mm. of like a neighborhood thing in Sugarland. Yeah. But like, especially around Halloween, like you go out oh, and yeah. climb the fence and like kind of try to get into this like broken down house. And there are moments that going out there, I'm just scared shitless. Like, couldn't breathe. You know, mm-hmm. like all the hair standing up. There are a lot of there are a lot of uh, urban legends regarding this house, but mm. one of them because I'll keep it brief. One, one of them is that the youngest son of this family always comes back once a year just to kind of sit there alone in the house, supposedly with a gun. Wow. And he's just super depressed because he lost his whole family as a youngest son. So this is one of the urban legends we've heard about this thing. And mm-hmm. We're walking through this field, climbing the fence, walking through this field, and, uh, and one of the sliding doors uh, on the back of the house looks like it's open and there's a curtain blowing in the wind, and the curtain pops up and there is a man just sitting there. And I was frozen solid. I couldn't even move backward toward the fence. (laughs) Terrifying. Um, So when I hear stories like this... uh, Flashback. West Virginia (laughs) stuff. I'm like, that's the last time I remember being like... How old were you? Like ghost type scared, for sure. I've been, you know, scared about a lot of things in reality, but ghost type scared, yeah. yeah. I was probably 16. 16, yeah. Yeah, 16, 17. The perfect age for that kind of thing. The perfect age for jumping fences. Exactly. It's like you asked for it. Oh, yeah. You asked for it, and I got it, and I... There was a lot of those in San Antonio. San Antonio is like a very, quote-unquote, haunted city. Man, I, I... Scary... I, I come from a very superstitious, supernatural background, and yeah. and and not because I grew up in Benet, and Benet is the birth of voodoo. Literal, literal. Oh, that wow. is the birthplace of voodoo. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So like that's you're where, not just in the region. You're yeah. In the town. Yeah. No that's it's like evangelical. Yeah. Like we gotta fight this. Right. Right. Absolutely. And of course, yeah. that's where like you you know you go through some of these uh, slave trade routes and you get to like the land of no return, mm. which is like you know you go through these very small corridors and then you get to the Atlantic, mm. and anyone yeah. who got to the Atlantic, you're done. You're done. And about forty to sixty percent of African Americans in the United States came from those ports, those canals. Yeah. So like Haiti, being known for voodoo, all that comes from. From Benet, so New Orleans, all yeah, it, yeah. yeah. All so those things are like, I mean, I, I've seen some shit, but at the same time, I also know that once it gets dark because of lack of electricity, once it gets dark, everything seems like the boogeyman. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and a lot of my childhood was based on that. It's, you know, it's like once- If you have side of the sun down, you're just terrified. Yeah, you're just yeah. like, you gotta go back. Everyone has to go home. You just don't know what's going on and what, yeah. and, and so I, I, I know what I've seen, but at the same time, I, I also attribute that to, you know, it being dark and I uh, I've noticed about this confession 
is this woman. She's a great storyteller. Incredible storytelling. Yeah, lots That's, of details. Yeah. That's really what inspired the song is is her attention to detail. Mm-hmm. She had some great phrases. Uh, so I get how I, it's clear how inspiring that was to David and Kalu because they, they drew so much of it just directly from things she said. But one thing about it is that it's not actually that scary to hear about it. It's not a ghost story. Yeah, it's definitely not a ghost story. It's an experience story. It's not going to be in Scary Stories 4. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, that's a very good point. It's uh, it's because of her storytelling that it's an, that it's so interesting and that it yeah. is a scary story. It's not necessarily the material itself because the way it ends is almost like, yeah, and then I went home. It's, it's, it's interesting because... Uh, and I, I took this confession and what you hear is edited, but it did go like this where she told this one kind of, uh, intense, evocative, pretty frightening experience. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden something potentially way more frightening happened and she just sort of undersold it yeah (laughs) yeah like the the scary thing is actually like getting abandoned which is where the story ends exactly yes (laughs) but and it just sort of it just sort of fizzled out totally it's like they ran out of the movie budget (laughs) they couldn't finish the film we are a pretty low low budget pod here so (laughs) but yeah i mean uh you've said this since we've we've been hanging out in the song for a minute and you said this a lot but I mean, this song just sounds like a fucking film soundtrack. Absolutely, seriously, almost any horror movie I've ever seen, I feel like you could roll the credits with this song playing, and it would seamlessly fit. Or the next True Detective season. Or the oh, hey HBO. Yeah. What's up? Hey guys, <laughs> uh, it's it's so cool. Uh, something that's endlessly uh, inspiring and just thrilling to me is to see songwriters turn source material. To, to, to elevate the source material, mm-hmm. you know? And granted, most of our confessions we love and we find them to be really interesting. But this one, you know, they they took this story and made it into a song that is a mini movie. It, yeah, it, it's it's a complete story. It, uh, the song, honestly, is tells the scary story better than the actual story. It's way more fucking frightening. It's terrifying. Than hearing It's the terrifying. Story. They, I think they did a good job of rather than just telling the story, telling her emotion and her feeling because she was obviously scared in that moment because she was experiencing it. So so it was scary at the time. And, but like you said, the story isn't necessarily a scary story. Mm -hmm. So they just did a phenomenal job of, of really telling her emotion rather than just her words. Song Confessional Podcast is produced by me, Walker Lukens, Zach Catanzaro, Aaron Blackerby, Ryland Kettery, Mike Lee, Jim Eno, and it is distributed by KUTX. Dark Star was written and performed by Kalu James and David Ramirez. It was mixed and produced by Jim Eno. And mastered by Chris Longwood. The theme song you heard at the top was written by me, Walker Lukens, performed by me, Zach, James Wesley Essery, Sam Pankey. It was mixed and recorded by Jim Eno as well. If you enjoy this podcast, 
just tell somebody about it. Send them an episode. Make them a little scared. I don't know. Make them a little happy. Make them do a little dance. Just, just get it out there. Thank you to David and Kalu for being part of this. 